Welcome to Marketing Money Podcast. Roll it! Money Podcast at marketingmoneypodcast.com. It's your dude, Johnny O, here with Josh Mabus looking at me. Say hello to the people, Josh. I know you won't because I tell you to, so you can just sit there. Hello to the people. There you go. See? See? He takes directions. Takes directions. Well, what are we going to talk about today? Or what are we going to lead into? What's the What's the witty banter? I don't know, man. It's it, like Christmas snuck up. It was around the corner and then it's biting us on the butt. End of the year. I have, a, I have a surprise for you. I have a surprise, too. What's your surprise? I'll let you get first. Well, if your surprise is better than my it surprise, won't be. I refuse to speak first. Okay. I'm, I'm invoking the Michael Scott rule of negotiation. Oh. I, so, so my surprise is that... Uh, by the way, that's typical Michael Scott fashion right there. <laughs> exactly. Um, is to talk to Miss... Devin Hosford in a little bit about her varied history and how that um, affects how she approaches bank marketing. Ah. You want to talk to her? We're going to talk to her. Cool. Very shortly. What's your surprise? My surprise is uh, I think I found a cool Christmas present for you. Really? Yeah. You can't just bring that up. I don't have you anything. Well, I just, you know, I just thought I'd just tell you. I'm not going to tell you what it is. I'm just going to tell you I have a surprise, but that's my surprise is that I think I have a cool Christmas present for you. I think this may be a ploy to then make me go out and try to outdo your cool Christmas present. Yeah, mine cost at least $300. Ploy. It's a ploy. It's a ploy. It's a ploy. I, I doubt the honesty of John's statement. I'm very honest. Of course, for, for John's $300, I mean, he doesn't know the difference between $3 that's what, and That's what I step over to pick up. Whatever I need to pick up. Yeah. I'm so wealthy. 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 Are you getting tiny shoes for me to, mm. to remember you by staying over my rearview mirror, just tiny little... You you be able to see them on the rearview mirror. They're so tiny. <laughs> They're Caterpillar so t- feet. Like, my shoes were actually used in the board game of Monopoly as one of the icons. To the boot is yeah, John's... The boot. The boot was... It's your new nickname, John the Boot Oxford. That's, that's it. The Boot Oxford. Das Boot. That's it. I don't think that means boot, though, in German. Uh, I think it means boat. Boat. Mm. Yeah, slow start today. Slow start today. But We'll find uh, the humor. Devin? Devin will bring the humor. Devin's last name is Hosford, and my last name is Oxford. I think we might be related. Hmm. So if yours is about an ox, and hers is about the horse. Yeah. But our families did the same thing. They they took bovine across, across a, a, a river. Yes. Hers happened to be horses. Bovine? They're Mine equines. oxes. Equines. Equines. That, I thought that's a horse. Horse? Horse is a horse. Yeah. yeah. So hers were equine and mine were bovine. Mm-hmm. Okay. Unless they they were steer. Earth- Would steer be a bovine? Yeah. Because once they're steered, are they bovine anymore? Yeah. I don't know what the, the farm talk is on that. I'm not they a, still I'm have not a vine. Ranch, I'm not a rancher. They still have a vine. They just lost the berries. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Makes sense. Rubber band can work a lot of magic. It can. Yeah. Come down south if you don't know what we're talking about. Um, what's his name? 
James Taylor, do you write? Who sang Rubber Band? Oh, no, that was. Um, Rubber Band Man? Yeah, that was a whole other thing. That's, yeah, that's, that's talking about cash money, homie. Oh, okay. Yeah, you got Rubber Band on your dollars. No, that so was weird. not. That's oh. a 70s song. Oh, I'm who, talking about. Who like, did that song? The Rubber Band. The, the Spinners. Spinners. What's the title of the song? The Rubber Band. Band. Rubber Band. Little Man. known fact the Spinners had a break off band called the Spin Doctors. No. They did. They did, and Rubber Band Man became the Superman song mm. by them. So see, there's there, there's some tranquility. Pocket to it. full of kryptonite was that song. I know. It's not, but Lois Lane Superman. You're thinking song? about Our Lady Peace. Our Lady Peace. Superman's not dead. No. Is what? that it? That's Our Lady Peace. Yeah, that's Superman's dead. Yeah. Ah. Okay. That's that's a good that's a good through line for Devin. <laughs> so Devin has a varied. Background, a very varied background, a very varied background. Yep. And I thought it would be interesting if we talked to her a little bit because bank marketers sometimes um, get pigeonholed into like the same old, same old. What does pigeonhole mean? That's, That's a, a cliche, but I've never held a pigeon. No, a hole. A pigeonhole is yeah. hold. Being being not H O L D, but H O L E D. Yeah. Like you're hold. Yeah. Like I don't know what that means. I, I, look, I'm a cliche buster, dog. You gotta if you gonna bring a cliche, <laughs> cliche buster. If you're gonna bring a cliche, I need to know what it means. My dog Bobby's got me backed up. I'm just gonna look. I'm gonna like give you a stare down. Like rest on their laurels. I've never had a laurel. What's a daggum laurel? A laurel is a is a, is crown a wreath that you put of, in your hat of, or something uh, like yeah. an Olympian. Is that well, that means? resting on your laurels means you have accomplished the greatest, yeah. and you don't feel like you have to accomplish. Well, then obviously, anymore. I haven't accomplished any of that. So you I don't. don't have I, I could amen that. Yes, you don't, I don't have, have any, any laurels. laurels. Tiny feet laurels. No, I. Yeah. What but, is pigeonholing? The verb means to assign a particular category or class, especially in a manner that is too rigid or exclusive. This is because pigeon carrier pigeons were put in little holes. Yeah, Mike Tyson would know something about that. He loved pigeons. Oh, don't make fun of Tyson. <laughs> I'm not. That's how he talks. He's the greatest. He is. He'd knock you out. The champ. Well, we're now pigeonholing Devin. <laughs> mm-hmm. So go ahead. But so she's had um, a very varied background, as I said. She's a specialist in bank marketing, specifically in motion and animation. I actually, I'm just let the two of you get to know each other because I know all the things <laughs> that she's going to talk about from from Disney mm-hmm. to toilet paper. <laughs> That's a little personal. And everything in between. Ooh, yeah, toilet paper and everything in between. That could get interesting. <laughs> Worked at two bank marketing firms. So tell me about this. I think we've discussed this, but maybe it was the get to know your dinner deal uh, or lunch we had that time you know i did a little marketing internship at disney you've done mm-hmm. much more at disney so tell me about that and what that was like yes i was at disney and i was a part of the parks and resorts um digital media team where i did both internal and external facing creative solutions um that it was really great because they sort of used all of my skills. Part of my skills, I have a background in web design and graphic design, and I've sort of went from that into motion design. So I did 
websites for internal teams, but then I would do um, motion graphics for their digital signage in the parks. Um, when I got there, they were just starting to convert all of the signs, um, ticketing signs and menu signs and different things like that to digital screens. Um, so I got to work on that as well. Um, so it was a really cool experience. So did you use your free entry as an employee all the time? Absolutely. What's yes. your favorite ride? It would have to be a tie between Tower of Terror and Everest. You don't seem like a Tower of Terror type Oh of my person. gosh, I love Tower of Terror. I used to like go to work and then on my way home, I'd have to drive. We were in Celebration, Florida, which is like little ways down the road from the actual park. But my house was on the other side of the park. So I would just drive, stop at Hollywood Studios, ride Tower of Terror like five times, then get back in my car and go home. Is there any like line jumping privileges no. when you're an employee? <laughs> no. I would assume not. it would be like the opposite. Like you have to let it five, is. five it people is. go. It's all for the guests. The guests come first. The the Tower of Terror is the ride. I mean, pretty much, I mean, Space Mountain, you turn on the lights. We've seen, I, I guess, mm-hmm. some behind the scenes. Like Tower of Terror, I have no idea how that ride works because, you know, you just kind of go laterally through this like little Twilight Zone mm-hmm. thing and then you you just drop. Yeah. Um, so I don't know how the hookup to the dropping. I want to see that. I want to so, I I do it behind the so scenes. On that. Relate to Dev and Disney's story of being near the Tower of Terror, and maybe it was in one of the other parks. But uh, but the terror part, terror part of it was that uh, it gets really hot in Orlando during the summer. Oh yeah. And, and I was interning there in between my freshman and sophomore year of college. John had a little bit different path. I did. <laughs> I, I was a lifeguard at Typhoon Lagoon. <laughs> So that I, was your marketing so internship? Was, oh, yeah, because my small feet just were perfect out there. And, and I was all He could run out into the lagoon without stepping on a single person. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. This man is floating. It's oh, yeah. Disney magic. I could actually walk across water because there was no weight to ah. them. So I was like David Hasselhoff of Disney. <laughs> That's but, one of my nicknames, by the way. David Hasselhoff of ha- Disney? Hassel Hosford, ah, actually. I like it. Yeah. I like it. We'll save that for later. Put that, put that on the list, Bobby. So, but... Uh, one of my days when we were off, we went to the we had free passes too, yeah. so we went over to one of the parks, and uh, you know you're on stage or off stage, mm-hmm, and that exactly. I think you could adopt that in banking too. If you're in retail, you're on stage. When you're out, you don't you know you deal with the client. You don't Absolutely. talk about anything that's personal or with you unless mm-hmm. you know the client personally, and so also characters don't talk. Put on their costumes, right. they don't talk. Right. And so it was one of these 120 degree days in Orlando. And the the lady, because most of the mascots, uh, you know, hate the spoiler alert, are females because they have to be smaller to yes. have the taller costumes. So they're not nine foot tall yes. dudes. <laughs> anyway, to get the story. Disney, with, if you sue us, sue John specifically. <laughs> I don't co-sign him letting out Disney secrets. I don't work for Disney. Anyway, so, <laughs> so to that point. All those lifeguard. Pooh Bear had a heat stroke. And so people are getting pictures with this oh, Pooh Bear. Bother. And Pooh is just kind of spinning like a bottle no. you know like a bottle on its axis a spot of honey. and and yet the poo the 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 lady inside would not break character and say i need help yes. instead is just sitting there about to fall over well Pooh bear kind of rocks back and forth and falls down and then out of nowhere this gate opens up and like the football tents they put over the players this tent with people carrying it comes running out Almost like little characters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And they put the tent over Pooh Bear yeah. so no one can see. And they take Pooh Bear's mask off. And there's you know, a lady in there and her face is red and she's dehydrated and can't breathe. They're trying to give her water. And they kind of stretch her up and the tent moves at the same time and tents her off just like behind the gate. And then the gate comes down like it never happened. I mean, it was like yeah. it was 30 seconds. There was, and it was just like, and all these people were going, Pooh. 
poor Pooh. Everybody's <laughs> pointing at Pooh, and I just thought, God, that would stink to be in that outfit in 120 degree weather. Yeah. I, I have heard nowadays, though, they are updating a lot of the costumes that they, they have fans, fans in yep, and ventilation, which is great. But they really do. I mean, I completely agree. I think what I loved about my experience at Disney is that it gave me this sort of business slash life skill that, you know, you you service others first and just make sure that you're constantly preserving, you know, we called it the magic at Disney, but it's really just an experience. You want to make sure that no matter what, you're always going above and beyond to make someone else happy. And it was funny when I was there, a lot of times my, uh, you know, my now fiance and I, we would go to the parks and, you know, partake in the free admission and everything like that. And we always talked about Disney magic. And there were all these Disney magic moments that would happen. And sometimes it was fellow cast members that, you know, whether they knew I was a cast member or not, would just do something wonderful for us because they assumed that we were guests like anyone else. But then there would be other times where it was the guests that would, you know, hey, we're not going to use these fast passes. Do you guys want them? And different things like that where it just made our day. And it's almost this nice contagious effect. If you do something nice for someone, they're going to be more inclined to do something nice for someone else. And it's just amazing. She could be a community banker. (laughs) It's really hard to be mad at Disney. Yeah. I mean, that's like, or to have a bad day. Other than the hurting it puts on your wallet, it's pretty awesome. Unless you're you're Winnie the Pooh, then that day. Well, let's let's fast forward from Disney dreams to uh, banking nightmares. (laughs) Just kidding. What, uh, What led you to pursue a career in bank digital marketing and strategy? Well, so yeah, I mean, I was at Disney for a while, and after that, I moved on to doing more entertainment-based work. So I worked for Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon, and it was really great and rewarding, um, but I sort of realized that, you know, there seems to be almost this segregation in different industries where we say, okay, you know, tourism and TV and film and all these different industries, they get to be fun. They get to be exciting and cool and different. But other industries like medical or paper products, because I also worked at Georgia Pacific, um, you know, and banking, for some reason, we write off and say, oh, those are just going to be boring and they're not going to be fun. And, And I disagree. And I think I realized, well, it's easy to stay in this model that's already fun and cool and keep making fun and cool stuff, but I can make a real difference if I go into a different area, a different industry, and try to make it wonderful and joyful. Um, again, I think it harkens back to that idea of just making incredible experiences for everyone. And I know me as a consumer, like I demand excellence in everything that I do. Um, and I demand a wonderful experience. I demand good design. And I think more and more people, your average consumer, is starting to appreciate good design more than ever. And I want to give that to them. You know, I want to take these, you know, boring bank interiors and make them just as exciting as going to Disney. I'm intimidated now. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I think it, uh, Josh and I, and those that know us, know we frequently have strategic lunch luncheries strategies and at lunch and that we had a mediocre meal the other day at a place we won't name we're leaving josh like why why just not make good food yeah. Like when you go to a restaurant, why? And so, and it's, well, you just don't have any questions beyond that. And you know, there's just a, make there, it good. There's a subjectivity you love. You there's might taste. not. Li- you taste, might not like salmon versus shrimp or whatever. But like, 
it's an unassailable position if you use the best ingredients and you don't burn things and like it it just seems to me like that a restaurant would know there should be somebody at the door of the kitchen that's like that looks like that's quality control crap it's quality Mm -hmm. control yeah and you know disney you know something like disney is not only i mean like their status quo is better than anywhere else in the world i mean even like magic kingdom you go walk around magic kingdom and and you can tell just the the materials that make up the place are are dated in some like this was built years ago but it's still like that makes it cooler to me. I think like, that's why people go. You figured they this, know what they're getting. Like mm-hmm. where you know, um, you know, like Animal Kingdom is newer, and you know, it's even more whatever you know integrated. Like the concrete walkways have like bug animal paw prints, prints, paw yeah. prints, and Typhoon Lagoon has really hot lifeguards. <laughs> I've heard. I've actually heard With the opposite. I've heard in like. Well, of course you've heard the opposite. Now, started the certain ones aren't there anymore. The, the peak we peaked in they, like ninety six or ninety six. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what was funny is that was like the peak of Baywatch too. So was, you're you'd walk around, all the guests would be like, "Hey Baywatch, hey Baywatch." <laughs> Thanks. Were you sore the other day from like because you weren't you were flexed the whole time like you were just trying to like pop pop out oh they had a weight room for the lifeguards to work out on their breaks just and to we get would your go, pump we would go in there and just crush it and go back out there i couldn't have saved anybody because i was so tired <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, i'd really love to bro but really it was i just to, did legs I just, and I, can't. I just did legs i can't run <laughs> i can't even climb up this ladder i'm, I'm a just major gonna... liability but i look good <laughs> but, um but yeah i mean it's just where, where is that quality control and i think that's one of those areas in banking um to, to tie this to another conversation that that um, has come up is words like or phrases like ROI comes up around banking and people are executive management's like well what's the return on that investment that marketing investment and not that we shouldn't be measuring this stuff but there's some some disconnects here with the fact that marketing as I've said before doesn't operate a PL inside of a bank it's an expense so being able to to get a return figure that out we you have to create a mechanism to figure it out. But all of that talk to me has constricted it on the other side of Disney, that no one is being innovative. It's let's do the status quo of banking. This other bank did it and they got away with it, or they, which getting away with it means a black and white ad with somebody's face on it. Um, an ad without a handshake in it. Is the we quality, quality control gets a little too intense in banking, and then it has no flavor. Well, banking's a conservative industry, and we need more people like Devin in there to. Raise the game. I mean, why not make design good? Why not make the letters? I'm glad you decided to do that instead of making Disney boring. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I found this thing in the banking industry, and I really want to apply it to uh, compliance. (laughs) Yeah, let's go down there and call Disney on all the liability they have walking around. You know, as as good as they are at that, like their actuaries and all that are like. I don't know if my uh, former boss, Mr. Mouse, would have, you know, put up with that. Yeah. He demands excellence. So the Cartoon Network, were you on the marketing of the show and network, or were you actually on some of the shows? Like, what was so I the worked, role there? Yeah, so I worked for one of their um, post-production houses that they work with. So I didn't work at Cartoon Network, but my studio was called Awesome Incorporated, and they worked primarily with Cartoon Network um Adult Swim, very much so. And then um, we also did a lot of work for Nickelodeon as well. And where was it? Was this in Orlando? This is in Atlanta, in Atlanta, actually. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. Right next door to Turner. 
So and then you decided to become a bank marketer. <laughs> yes, I. Well, woke then you up decided to go to GP, right? Yes. After that, I went to Georgia Pacific because I guess I was just interested in okay. Paper corporate. <laughs> you got all into the office. You'd watch Michael Scott and uh, yeah, Dunder Mifflin, and you thought oh, that would be cool to work. Pulp product. <laughs> I wonder if there's a study on how paper product companies, like if the reputation of them got good during the office, or if people actually staples, took notice of them. Staples absorbed Office Max during that time, yeah. so I think there might have actually been a decline. I don't know, but <laughs> but um, yeah, I did go to Georgia Pacific, and I think again it was that realization of like this is kind of not the sexiest product in the world you know toilet paper paper towels paper plates but three percent of the population would disagree with you <laughs> you know it's pretty popular when you need it interestingly enough they did a lot of you know research on use and for our sales and things like that we found out that only 98 percent of america uses toilet paper what is that bidets or not i didn't ask that, that's that's kind of a don't don't if you ever see me at a bank marketing conference and you're part of that two percent <laughs> i want you to avoid me i'm gonna say y'all are making too much money if you're doing surveys on who uses toilet paper <laughs> now if you hey. want to use brand that's one thing but just usage eh, that's yeah but you do i mean like i think it's astounding to know that two percent doesn't use it well i I mean, I'm so wealthy, Josh. I don't use toilet paper. I have a person just hose me down. <laughs> I just pay them. They just hose. They have a hose, power hose. It's not even a bidet. It's it's a guy named Bob, and yes. it's his day Bob job. Day. Bob Day. Bob Day. Bob Day. Let's go, Bob. Hit it. <laughs> Done. Walk out. Really? Sprinkling. <laughs> but yeah. Fresh as a new Irish morning. What? Yeah. Irish morning. Yes, they're so fresh. Okay. Yes. So all of this. Sorry. Go ahead. That was not even the. Yeah, it was. Okay. So, how did this, um, with all due respect to Georgia Pacific, fantastic company, mm-hmm. um, but more on the boring end of the spectrum than um, Disney and Cartoon Network? Mm-hmm. I, I guess, how, how do you find those experiences? How do they mix and influence how you approach your work now? Well, yeah. So, I mean,. I'll say bank marketing is a lot more fun than Georgia Pacific. So we've got mm. that going for us. Then the pulp industry. Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Smells so, better too. It does. If you live near a paper mill. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah about twice a year, something blows through Tupelo and you can smell that paper. Oh, I went to smell. school in Savannah. So yeah. I smelled that paper mill yeah. at least once a week. It mm. was rough. <laughs> um, but I mean, I think, you know, again, being influenced earlier on with this idea of entertainment and making wonderful experiences and making people laugh and making people happy and then going to a place that I mean the reason one of the reasons that I think I moved on from Georgia Pacific was it was so large and it was really you know it's hard to make change in a big company and you have a little less power. And I felt like I would have a lot more influence if I was working hand in hand with these smaller community, you know, banks um, than than if I was sort of on this more, you know, granular, you know, cog in the machine kind of setup. And I think, yeah, it just was sort of like, well, I Toilet paper's pretty boring, and it could use a facelift. And ha. Water, ha. There's a joke there somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> Butt lift? I don't know. Yeah. 
I like, I like where send, you're going. <laughs> listener, send in your send in your puns around. Yeah. There, there's like a punchline ready to go there. Somebody just needs to do the setup for it. And we'll wipe it up later. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it was just where can I go to next? How do I pivot from this and and still take everything that I know and go shake up another industry? And banking sort of presented itself as a great opportunity to have a little bit more influence because, you know, especially when you're at a agency or a small marketing firm, like you have a lot more, you know, face-to-face interaction with your clients than you would when you're working inside client side, ironically, um, at a large company than you would, you know, yeah, it's just, I feel like I have a lot more influence in my current role now. So you've got a super interesting resume, CV, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Like your background's awesome and, and, and very varied, as Mr. Mavis would say. <laughs> so my question for our listeners, because they are, ma- are majority bank marketers, is what advice would you give them about approaching design? Because uh, community banks, they don't have a lot of a budget for it, or sometimes, or they don't know what they can and can't afford. That oh, well, that looks, and they don't know. And then I think a lot of times they lean towards just get the stock photo, yeah. Let the newspaper create the ad for them, uh, buy off the shelf um, box products from whatever their digital box provider is for the televisions and the branches. Or you know, we need social media. Well, here's some posts that. Uh, one of their vendors created that they just get to drop their logo in and send out. So everything then becomes very homogenous and very, not very varied. Right. So, so that's the weakness of it. You're coming to change that or trying to and, yeah. and make it better. What's advice? What could you give us to some of our folks out there to, to think about? Sure. Well, two things I think. So one is think bigger than just your own industry and your own competition within that industry. I would I would challenge and say that you're competing with every other industry outside of banks and and financial. You're you're vying so you're competing with Apple, you're competing with Facebook, you're competing with brands like J Crew and you're competing with, you know, the cool local restaurant that everybody wants to grab dinner at and it's impossible to get a reservation at because Every industry is stepping up its game for the consumer these days. And so if everyone is stepping up their game, then your customer, your client is used to excellence in design, excellence in experience. And if they come to your bank and they don't see a great experience, they're going to go look for another great experience somewhere else. And more and more banks, I believe, are realizing this. And if you got to get there first um, to make sure that you're that that one that they choose. Um, and the other thing is, you know, something I think that I've learned, and I think we all can learn from great brands like J. Crew, like Disney, like Nickelodeon, um, is that they think of the total experience for the consumer. You know, they don't only put all their money into the parks. You know, they put their money into the parks, into the films, into the vacation experiences, um, you know, the the adventures by Disney and things like that. They, they put it into the, 
the Disney Channel, they put it into ABC, they put it into the Marvel movies, like everything gets a touch of Disney magic. And I think a lot of times it's really easy to look at your budget or whatever and and say, okay, well, we only have this much money, so we'll put a lot into the logo, but we won't worry about doing the website right now or we'll you know we'll farm out the social media and just get some stock photos for that or or whatever and and your your clients are going to notice they're going to notice that one area got a lot of attention and the rest isn't great and they're going to be like you know that's that's not great and I'm 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 going to this one part of my experience and I'm not having a great time and I'm not feeling like there was care and effort put into this to make me feel like I'm desired as a client and valued as a consumer. Um, So I think it's really important to always think of the entire brand and all areas and and avenues of the experience for the consumer and not just focusing on a few, you know, when we can. There's a, I think that's fantastic points to look at. It reminds me of a to apply I have it. nothing else to say. Yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of to give a bank specific um example while the the train our, our special guest uh, <laughs> musical guest the train joins us. Um not Pat Monahan and train <laughs> the the train. You know, you go eat at a Disney park and I know it's this holistic experience and I mean it's a culture and there's Disneyana or whatever mm-hmm. it's called and like, you know, there's people that are way into it have weddings there and yes. you know things like that and it's cool and i mean i, I talk about like, like going to the coke museum coke is such mm-hmm. a thing that there's a museum for a consumer product right um you know is everybody is anybody ever going to open a museum to a bank you know um right. but they did it to a to a soft drink brand right. and it is iconic and and um but it, it reminds me of this bank thing so you go into disney parks you you know i don't know you go get like the I don't know if this is a real thing. I'm just going to make it up. Um, like nacho chips or whatever, <laughs> like chips and um, 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 nacho cheese. Mm-hmm. Like the chips are going to be shaped like a Mickey head. It's going to be three circles, yeah. not just one circle tortilla rail. Like they're right. going to invest that extra money there. I mean, they invented Doritos there. If I, if my urban whatever is correct, I think they put nacho cheese dust on mm-hmm. corn chips. You know, the ice cream is shaped like Mickey. Like it's all yeah. like. Their whole um, Instagram feeds based on these like special foods, like the purple stuff from Beauty and the Beast yeah. and all that. That they made you saw it in your experience at the movie and you, yes. as a as a child or whatever, and you grew up like, oh, I wonder what the purple stuff is. Well, you go to a Disney park and lo and behold, you can get the purple stuff. Mm-hmm. And where that relates to banking, I mean, is they, they that cost a little something extra. That's not just the the generic Cisco corn chip rounds right i was meeting with a bank one time that um we're talking about their custom debit their, their debit cards they mm-hmm. ordered a stock debit card and and you listening to this will probably relate to this mm-hmm. and um their instant issue machine would imprint the name of the bank on it at the same time that would um imprint the number mm-hmm. and they're just like there's no way we could ever do custom cards i mean we could barely afford to do these they're so expensive right and it's just like that debit card, when you go and pay for a meal with your friends, mm-hmm. is an opportunity. I mean, that's one of the. Oh yeah. yeah well, who is your bank? That's a neat card. Who is your bank? Absolutely. And we looked at, negotiated it, and we found that that custom was actually cheaper at the same quantities they were buying. Wow. Than the stock, just because they had an advocate, because some, not just because we have some 
strong power with that entity, but somebody asked. Mm -hmm. And then somebody's like, can we get it cheaper? Instead of just listening to the status quo. And again, status quo may be one of the worst things that, that plagues banking, but that experience. So we don't understand that experience both within and without the bank, with the customer journey and all that stuff that we talk about over and over, which is a thing. We'll pay for the report and the study, right? but are we going to pay for the thing that actually enhances it's the question that I have for banks. Yeah. And one of my favorite stories going back to, you know, because, well, actually two things. So piggybacking off of that, you know, it's not just design and creative. I mean, I know that's what we do, but... It is know, just design and creative. <laughs> Hush That's all that matters. No. Um, one of the things about Disney is, you know, uh, the training, the, the cast member training is called Disney University. It's not called training, you know, and the the concept of being safe at work is not just called, you know, Disney's safety policy. It's called safety begins with me. There's just all these wonderful little Disney magic bits that go into it that make the cast members live and breathe it and then they want to live and breathe it for the guests. And I think, you know, instilling that culture into your employees is another way to enhance that experience. Um, it, it really just is every facet of your business can can get some Disney magic um, and be a wonderful experience for your your clients and consumers. So another one of my favorite stories um, from a guest is he calls it the story of the million dollar salt and pepper shaker at Disney. And he when he was a kid, his brother and his sister, I think this was a long time ago because for some reason their parents left them and they were separated in the park on purpose. Um, but they were <laughs> abandoned. Yeah. Uh, different time. Different time. They were um, raised by Mickey. There's <laughs> a movie called but, The Parent Trap. It was, it was real. No, they've got parents together yeah. in that. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but um, the uh, his sister and him, they, they decided to go through the park and try to find a Christmas present for their parents. And they were going to go to the gift shop. And they found... This, this is the saddest. Like, they, their parents abandoned them. <laughs> they're so... Yeah. Okay. They were, they were secret Santa, you know, Christmas shopping. Okay. And this is so relevant, by the mm -hmm. way. Great time of year for this story. So they, they looked for this gift and they found these, you know, Mickey and Minnie salt and pepper shakers. And they were so excited and they, they were running with it out of the gift shop. And, Did and they pay for it? They, yes, they okay. paid for Isn't it. And they, they dropped it by accident and they ended up breaking them. And they were young they, they started crying. They were so upset and they, they ran back into the store and were like, we dropped it, whatever. And a cast member was like, oh, hey, don't worry about it. Like we, you know, we'll replace it. No problem, no questions asked. And they, they replaced it. Kids were super happy. They told their parents eventually what happened that, you know, whatever. And you think about it, I'm sure those salt and pepper shakers cost 20 bucks or however much money. And Disney decided to, you know, hey, let's forgo this nominal cost. And you break it, you it, buy it. Right, exactly. And and ended up making these kids days and by ripple effect their parents. And he talked about, he's like, ever since we have felt such brand loyalty to Disney. We plan our vacation every year at Disney. We've been going for 20 years and we've probably spent well over a million dollars at the park. And so it's that idea of, you know, yes, make the little extra investment if you need to with the plastics um, or make the little extra investment in your social or whatever. And you might make an impact that ends up creating this loyalty that 
also spreads to other people. Um, if you're known for just making people feel valued and appreciated and taken care of, they're just going to keep coming back. It's really that easy kind of well i think people tend to well like this comparison to disney i'm sure there's at least one person on the other end saying yeah but that's like disney like they get to do that like we're we're just we're a bank well there are plenty of amusement parks that Mm -hmm. are super crappy like it would have been very easy for them to say and why do we pay we're just a we're just an amusement park rc cola is just a cola pepsi is just a cola Mm -hmm. coke could be just a cola but they have but a we, museum right. in in the middle of downtown Atlanta, right. and it's a it's a culture. It's just this, you may not be a cultural phenomenon, but deciding to do something even better and getting over the but that's them and we're us mm-hmm. and we have this and finding true differ- differentiation, I think, is a um, an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And you think about it, I think we always make these, we make choices like this every day. We decide to pay an extra dollar or whatever to get the avocado on our, you know, burger or whatever. And it's all because it's like, okay. 20 cents extra for guac at um, Chipotle. That's right. That's right. You know, that's extra, right? Oh, I know. It's extra. 20 cents. What? Have to, disclosure, man. Varies by Durban city. Amendment. Um, Reg D said we have to disclose um, guacamole expenditures at least um, three steps before completion of burrito. Twenty cents. Yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> that's just air to you. Mm. You breathe in. You you put thirty two cents in I nickels actually and have, pennies up your nose in the middle of this podcast. Air filters and the top line air filters in all my rooms in my house. So it's actually. Less expensive than air. <laughs> that may be true. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. But, you know, we make choices like that every day to make a little extra investment to make our own experiences great. And I think that clients at banks are making those choices as well. And so, you know, they might be willing to put up with, you know, maybe you don't have the most competitive rate, you know, in your community that you serve. But if the experience is wonderful and when they go, there's a smile on your you know, teller's face and, and they're going to get in and out in five minutes and you're not going to waste their time, I'd, I'd put up with you know, a difference in a rate to know that it's not going to be a nightmare every time I go to the bank. And so I think that's kind of the value in making these investments in great marketing, great branding, great customer experiences is that sometimes, you know, because we can't, we can't control our products. We can't, you know, make blockbuster movies and have this crazy following. But, you know, that's the catch is like you can invest in other ways and then be able to, you know, be competitive in different ways. You certainly can if you if you just believe the status quo and copy the next bank because it's it's empty or because it's easy to do. So I think that's a fantastic lesson. Lend you out a little something extra. Yeah, a little something extra because we're running out of extra time on our, <laughs> on our time for this podcast. So, uh, Devin Hosford, it's been amazing having you on the show and hearing about your career, your life, and your charge to change design and make it better in the banking industry (laughs) and as a bank marketing practitioner disney alumnus disney alumnus and hopeful leader of swimsuited men in typhoon (laughs) lagoon who work out during their breaks so they can't actually save anybody but they feel good when they're out there i'd like to say thank you for what you're doing for us thank you and thanks for having me it's been awesome talking to you guys absolutely josh you got any closing words 
Mm-mm. All right. Later. and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual participants and do not reflect the official policy or position of any financial institution or agency, Renaissance Corporation, Renaissance Bank and its affiliates, or the Mavis Agency. For more information, please visit marketingmoneypodcast.com.